Welcome to Central Valley Politics Podcast, brought to you from the Student Media Center at California State University, Stanislaus, home to The Signal, student-run newspaper, and 91.9 KCSS, the Valley's true alternative college radio station. You can find both online at csusignal.com or kcss.net. I'm your host, Shannon Stevens. When I'm not hosting podcasts, I'm a professor here at Stan State in the Department of Communication Studies, where I also advise the student newspaper, The Signal, and I teach a bunch of classes related to journalism, political communication, and free speech. I'm here today with our producer, student journalist, Hilda Flores. Hilda. So what made you want to continue doing this Central Valley Politics podcast? Good question, Hilda. So as you know, last semester when we did our first um, our first season of Central Valley Politics, it was to coincide with my political communication class and to help uh, voters in the Central Valley be prepared for the election all the way from the very top down ballot to the Turlock City Council <laughs> or other local elections. Uh, but a lot of the guests that we brought in, especially the people who were running for city council, they said, you know what, there's been a need for people to talk about politics in the Central Valley, and I hope you'll keep it going. And we decided, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's keep it going. Um, and in addition to the local political scene being something that can always use extra coverage, after the election results at the national level, um, as I'm sure you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of tension in the Central Valley, and certainly here at Stan State, where we are primarily a Hispanic-serving institution, uh, people are very nervous. And so there's a lot of grassroots political action happening on our campus and in the Valley, and so we want to talk to people about it and get the word out. Okay, so what do we have planned for the first episode? Good question. As you know, you're actually in both parts of the first episode. We have a part one and a part two. Uh, and you, Hilda, are joined by Clara Zapian, one of the student reporters over at The Signal, our student newspaper, as you interview Gil Lascare. He's beginning his first year as the Turlock City Council's first District 2 representative. Everybody, though, make sure you come back for part two when Hilda and Clara this time join Amy Bublack. She's returning to the city council, but as the District 4 representative. Um, I'm Clara, and I'm a student at CSU Stanislaus, and I'm continuing doing the interviews that I did last year for the Central Valley Podcasts. And um, I'm Hilda. I have taken over the Central Valley Politics Podcast, and so I will be producing and editing um, everything that we do for this semester. Okay, and now we can start the questions. <laughs> so I just wanted to know how it feels to know that you were chosen by District 2 to be their voice. Uh, I feel that that was pretty uh, remarkable. Uh, we went out, we spoke to a lot of people, and uh, through the campaign, everybody kept asking, well, how do you think you're doing? I said, well, you know, if you go by what people tell you, it's <laughs> it, I'm doing great, but you never know till they come out and vote. So when we saw that 66% turnout, uh, for District 2, we were we were pretty excited. That sounded pretty good to us. Um, when we, I, I know because I attended your pizza party. Mm -hmm. um, by that point, how did you feel? Did you kind of feel a secure, like you were in a secure place, or did you still not really know? I felt kind of comfortable, but then I'm the type of personality that never <laughs> tries. And I, I never try to be overconfident. I mm -hmm. always wait and see what's the, what the final results are because uh, I've seen close races before <laughs> and I know things can change on a dime so I was kind of just hopeful but careful. That's a good strategy to have. So what do you want to say to those people that went out and voted for you? Uh, the main thing is thank you for coming out. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, like I said we had a 66% turnout for that district which is uh, excellent. Um, 
and uh, I like to attribute part of it to being me running, <laughs> so that, that kind of makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, of the 66% that came out to vote, uh, I got 66% of, of their votes. So it's your lucky number. That, uh, <laughs> that made yeah, that gave us a that made us feel really well, really good. So now that you are part of the Turlock City Council, what's the priority that you have for your district? My priorities are pretty much the same. They haven't changed. I still want to see the, um, you know, streets, uh, the sidewalks maintained, repaired. Uh, there's a plan in place. Uh, the passage of Measure L really made a big difference. Um, it's going to be, it's a 25-year plan, which uh, is slow, but at least we're moving in the right direction. And uh, I'm glad to see that. Uh, the safety uh, was a concern for me, and it looks like we're moving forward in that direction. Uh, I've had a chance since I was elected, I've had a chance to look over the general plan, and um, I see that we've got some good uh, procedures in place, and I'm glad that I will be uh, a part of getting them instituted. So can you expand on the safety that you mentioned, what you mean by that? Well, the safety to me was the, the better lighting. We have... a uh, minimal lighting uh, in District 2 and some of the lighting we do have is is older so we have a lot of the old uh, vapor lights the uh, incandescents I'd like to see those revamped uh, they're doing a lot of changes in uh, with the LEDs LED, LEDs uh, are putting out more light uh, with less energy consumption so I'd like to see that keep going over to the west side um, the sidewalks, uh, putting up sidewalks uh, on streets that don't have any, that mean, that's a major concern for me as, as far as safety for kids walking to school. So, yeah, those are, those are the main safety areas. Yeah, that's true. The lights are really dark. I can never see the entrance to my house. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> so I believe that one. And recently, I actually just saw um, those LED lights that you're talking about, and they're amazing. Like, I thought that there was a car behind my car because <laughs> it was so bright, but yes. they're good. They're really you good. You can tell the difference yeah. between the old ones and the new ones for yes. sure. Yes, you can. So what would you like to accomplish during your term? Long term. Long term? We're talking long term, yeah. Well, I've got... One of the things that I have noticed is my term is four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll take four years to get things in place. Uh, <laughs> you don't really see uh, changes very fast. Uh, you can try to implement things, and uh, eventually they'll, they'll come to fruition. But uh, my goal is to try to just keep working in the same area that I'm, you know, I've been trying to go to. And I want to see... Uh, more people from District 2 uh, get involved in in the city business and so what's going on. I'd like to see, especially now that uh, there's a real good partnership going on with the uh, university and the city, uh, there's several groups that are working to, to get these partnerships in place. And I'd like to see uh, people from District 2 come up and say, hey, I want to be city council person. I want to I want to keep these things going. I want to help improve my district also. So would you consider running again to continue what you've started? 
interesting. I don't know <laughs> at this point, okay? Uh, I will be 70 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my dad's 80, and people think he's like 60, I, so... Uh, I know, and, and right now I feel great, and uh, you know, so yeah, if I feel the way I feel now, it, it's possible. I 70 won't. is the new 40. You're yeah. fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll Just remember eat your fruits that. and veggies. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, and, and, and it's going to depend uh, totally on how I feel in four years. So if I, my, I'm healthy and uh, I feel like I'm making a difference, it's, it's possible. I will not say no at this point. Thank you. Um, okay, so in the Turlock City Council agenda for January 10th, 2017, um, so about a month ago, there was an excessive water use target of 40,000 gallons a month set for residential single-family homes, and then a penalty of $25 if it's exceeded. So what is the outcome that's expected of this? Like, what's the long-term goal? Well, the long-term goal is to uh, address people that are habitually overusing water. If you're overusing, misusing, that's that's what we're looking at. Um, we talked about that, and and we want to make sure that everyone in the city is aware of the program. There will be fines installed. You know, they're, they're going to put into place. But first, we wanted to make sure that everyone in the community was aware of these. We didn't want to just start fining people. Uh, you go away on vacation for a week and all of a sudden there's a leak and you come back and you get fined $25 because there were, you know, there was a broken pipe or something. Um, I wasn't comfortable with that. So I just want to make sure that everybody was aware of the program before it was put in place. Uh, and yes, I'm, I'm concerned with the overuse of water. I mean, this year <laughs> we got a lot of water, so yeah. looking pretty good. <laughs> but uh, again, we still need to conserve because we don't know what will happen next year. So, yeah, my goal is, is to address those concerns as well. If you're using too much water, I mean, 40,000 gallons is a lot of water. It is a yeah. lot, yeah. And if you're using more than that on a consistent basis, it needs to be addressed. Yeah, then you might think they might have stolen an animal from SeaWorld that they're keeping in their backyard <laughs> yeah, or something exactly. that pool. they have to maintain. Your pool is leaking yeah. or something. <laughs> Something's wrong. So um, the fine... How would it be implemented? Would it be on the bill it, um, or separate? Do you know how that's going to work? I'm trying to remember now. I think the final, uh, I think they were talking about putting it on the bill, adding it to the bill as a, as a penalty. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, okay, and in that same meeting, there was an approval of free use of our local bus uh, routes for CSU stand students for the next five years. How do you think that this is going to make our diff? Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> how do you think this is going to make a difference in our um, town? So, like, what do you think that the students are going to get out of this, or what do you want them to get out of this? Well, as I mentioned earlier, um, there there's a couple of different groups in the university that are working to bridge the uh, the gap between the city and the university so that everybody realizes that we are really all one community and not two. Uh, for many years it was uh, almost two different communities working in two different uh, with two different ideas and uh, it's really great to see these groups coming up and saying hey we want to participate in the community. We want the community to participate with us. And I think this is one of the programs that will help uh, because if we get the students to start using the buses and start coming downtown and uh, our economic uh, basis is going to go up. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like it. 
And then for that one, um, the students just have to show their ID, right? There's no like special passes that they have to go get. I believe they just have to, if I understood the program correctly, they just have to have their uh, university ID with them, their student ID. Okay. And then um, speaking about buses, there was also a mention for um, local third part businesses to potentially sell Turlock Transit passes. Um, could you give a quick Ugh. Could you give a quick update as to how that's going? Uh, I believe staff is contacting different companies, or they're putting the word out and trying to see which businesses may be interested in uh, just all, all they're going to do is, is have tickets available, passes for the bus. Uh, there's no cost to them. Uh, it's just a matter of making them accessible to anybody uh, instead of having to go to the city or go all the way downtown to get the pass you'll have various businesses that are willing to uh, have them on hand. That's good. So everything can be more convenient. Correct. It's always better. I was going to say about the bus thing, we should consider maybe putting it in the paper that they do give the free bus rides for students. Because I feel like a lot of people don't read the student emails, which was sent out about that. That way we get more word out. So we can talk about that later. Yeah. And then in the email, it's also really bad because it was like at the very bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember having to scroll. And then um, if you want to zoom in to see the route, it's blurry like it's not it's not a clear picture so we can, so yeah we can the signal can do something with that. <laughs> that that would be great because communication is definitely the key the more the more different mediums you use the the better yeah. it's going to be for everybody we could even tell gracie to put it on social media so yeah. we can we can work with that okay so um also in another meeting that the turlock city council had on february 14th there was mention of amendment number three and hydrogeological rehabilitation services at well 31 um i wanted to just get a better under understanding as a whole of what that was because that's hard to comprehend so um, can you explain now you, you've got me because i'm trying to remember which well that was and i yeah it just said something about hydrogeological rehabilitation i don't even know what that is if you just want to explain what that all I know is it got approved because I read that part. <laughs> right. It got approved. I, be but. I believe that was one of the items that was on the consent calendar, mm -hmm. and it's uh, something they've been working on. Um, I I can get back to you on <laughs> more, a little bit more information. Uh, right now, I I really don't know exactly all the details on that, but okay. I, can, I can get that information back to you. All right. Thank you. Yeah, because I was just reading that, and I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I just figured I'd ask. So now we can both learn when we get back to that question. And last time we talked um, in our past podcast, there was mentions of homelessness and drug problems here in Turlock. So um, has there been more talk about that now that you're actually part of city council? Well, the, the diversion program is still, that we spoke mm -hmm. about earlier, is still in place. Um, one of the things I noticed is one of the um, uh, reports, the activity reports that came out from the Turlock PD is that now they're going to start... Uh, working with the panhandling also. Uh, it's panhandling, aggressive panhandling has been uh, illegal for a while in Turlock. Could you explain what that is? That's when you feel unsafe. Somebody is not just asking you for you know money, but they make you feel unsafe about not giving them some. That, that they consider aggressive panhandling. Uh, if if you run into that situation, you, you call the the Turlock Police Department and they will they will address it. Um, we don't want again it's a part of safety. We don't want people walking around businesses trying to go shopping and stuff and then be harassed. I mean we understand that, you know there's some people are out there that that need money or whatever, but we don't want to see aggressive 
panhandling to where people feel unsafe or uncomfortable, you know, with being out in the streets, you know, shopping, going on from business to business. So if you were to go to a business and you experience that, should you call the police and let them know that there's somebody there that's kind of... You, you can. They have, they have a couple of units that are uh, dedicated just to, for that. Okay. Thank you. Um, so there have recently been spikes in hate crimes, not only throughout the country, but also within California, um, taking place in cities as close as Sacramento. So what's Turlock doing in order to assure that there is peace and acceptance in our city? So, and like, what's the protocol of handling the hate crimes? Again, the main thing, anytime you see something, you're aware, you're made aware of something, please call and report it. Uh, Turlock PD, uh, is aware of the situations and they're trying to they can't do anything unless somebody calls and says hey this this is going on over here if it's not reported and they don't hear about it you know it can't be addressed so the main thing is to have people feel comfortable calling the police department saying hey this is going on over here i just saw this or i just experienced this or you know any any situation again like i say if if something out there makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't feel safe in the situation call it in and report it uh, that way it can be addressed we, we, we can't address it if we don't know about it we can't fix it if we don't know it's broken um, okay um, how do you feel about the current state of our nation oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> I know it's really broad but <laughs> wow um, now we're really getting you with these yeah, questions. Yeah, this is... Yes! And I was wondering if they were good or not, but now we know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going through an interesting transition right now, and, uh, well, all I can say is we have to just wait and see. We have to take it as it happens and, and address the situations as they come up. Um, I don't know what all the outcomes are going to be of, of some of the things that are going on out there. Uh, I don't know exactly how they're going to affect us, but anytime you see a major change on the national scene, it's going to affect the state, and then it's going to affect the county, and then it's going to affect the city. So um, we're trying to stay on top of everything that goes on, but it, it's difficult. We, we, we don't know until somebody finally says, okay, this is happening then we can address it. it it's you, you don't want to get to the point where you start, you know, addressing things that haven't happened yet. Just, there's too much going on. We can't do that. And then um, kind of going off of that, so um, living in an agriculture area, there's no question that minorities contribute a lot to the Central Valley. So what would you tell them with all the obstacles that they're having to face due to our new um, national administration? Just uh, stay confident. Uh, do what you've been doing. Um, you know, do the best you can. Uh, don't be overly concerned. Uh, I know it's there's a lot of uh, concern out there that there's going to be more racial profiling and, and events like this. Just do the best you can. Uh, I you know it's. Again, you can't you can't all you can't believe everything you read. You don't want to dismiss it, but you don't want to react to something that again is not set in place. 
just do the best you can. Uh, stay confident. Keep working. And, and, you know, we're still in America as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, we still have uh, democracy as far as I'm concerned. And um, that's what I have to go with. I, I feel like a lot that. of it is just to, like, strike fear in them. And I feel like, for instance, like my my parents, that kind of things like that just, like, set them off completely. And it makes them lose focus. And it just changes, like, their whole outlook on everything because they're so afraid of it. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what was meant to happen when they were saying it. Because I've noticed that a lot of things, that's where it stays. It doesn't go past that other than just talk and, like, trying to instill fear, fear in people. I, I tend to agree. It is the fear tactic, I, I believe. And, and that's why I say a lot of it is just you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen until you see something come out and, and say, okay, this is the new law. This is what we're going to do. Then we can address it. Uh, try not to react to you know things that you hear because you're going to hear a lot of stuff and, and not all of it is going to happen the way they say it's going to happen. Um, is there anything that maybe you want to address that we um, left out? Um, no, basically, again, I just want to say thank you for uh, having us here and giving us the uh, uh, opportunity <laughs> to thank you for uh, coming back. <laughs> interact. And uh, thank you to Turlock for uh, having confidence in me and helping me get this job. I'm going to do the best I can as a representative for my community and my district. It makes Thank me really you. happy, yeah. too, that you came back because we were worried. We were like, oh, my God, like, he won. He's too good for <laughs> <Yeah>. us now. <laughs> He's moving on to bigger, bigger and better things now. <laughs> I'm still Gil. <laughs> and I love that. I, mm. I just, I love your personality. Like, you're mm. so humble. And I love that, especially about a representative. Like, that's yeah. definitely something to look for. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's Central Valley Politics podcast. If you have anything you'd like us to research for you, an event you think we should cover, or something you'd like to discuss, please tweet the signal, at CSU Signal, or me directly, at Shannon Stevens, that's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. You can also email us at standstatepodcasts at gmail.com, or give me a call, 209-667-3554.